These days, we miss the proverbial water cooler. In this podcast, our goal is to spark authentic conversation in a new way. And we've invited some of the smartest, most influential people we know to join us. Together, we'll get real about our industry, our triumphs, and our challenges. Welcome to Beyond the Spreadsheet. Hello, I'm Bruce Johnson. I'm super thrilled to welcome you to this very first episode of Capstan's Beyond the Spreadsheet podcast. Here, we will be introducing you to fantastic subject matter experts with topics outside those traditionally performed here at Capstan. Our goal is to expand our awareness of resources and strategies that can potentially help grow opportunities and competitive abilities. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Jenny Massey. Both Terry, my partner, and I have gotten to know Jenny through our mutual memberships in the Councils of Real Estate. Her focus as Director of Site Selection and Incentives at Sickich LLP is fascinating, and I know she will share highlights of her work and experiences that we can all benefit from. So Jenny, thanks again for joining us here today. I know we've all got lots of things we do, but you're, you're gracious with your time. And, and as we've gotten to know each other, I really would have been fascinated by, by you and some of the experiences you've shared with, with Terry and I over the last time we were together. And before we get to those, can you share a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into this interesting subject matter area? Sure. Well, you know, I'm actually an archaeologist by training. And it turns out that, unfortunately, that field doesn't pay very much and uh, kind of out in the middle of the country, in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, I'm not really that much of a camper <laughs> and uh I still, you know, at that point, still had student loans to pay, so <laughs> more of a glamper. Um, so basically, wanting to travel, you know, I left the country, headed to Japan. Um, I was only supposed to stay there for a year. I ended up staying seven years working in marketing, so kind of created a career. Um, met lots of people who helped me along the way and trained me up. So, you know, I learned, grew and made all of my professional mistakes there, I hope. <laughs> so when I came home, I just didn't want to jump into a new job. So I, I just I interviewed people that I thought had interesting jobs, um, kind of fell into site selection and the incentives industry through a relationship. Um, and that, that relationship, that person hired me, mentored me for many years. Um, and it was... Um, I don't know. It's just a unique niche industry where every project that I do, every client that I meet is unique. Um, I get to do some really awesome creative problem solving while I'm finding money for my clients. So, um, you know, it goes beyond taxes, but why pay taxes if you don't have to? Um, I have the best clients in the world and you know, they love me because, again, I'm out there constantly and consistently trying to find the money, some sort of benefit. You know, it's interesting. I think many of us in our own ways can look at what our professional training was all about. And we look at where we are today and probably has nothing to do with that. And, and I know uh, <laughs> Helena, who is listening here, would have the same story as I do. But I think it's fascinating because it really definitely prepared you if you if you listen to as I was listening to you describe how you got to where you are 
that initial step really kind of helped prepare you. I, I got to believe a lot of the things that you studied in archaeology was it kind of you use a lot of those skill sets and disciplines today. It sure, sure sounds like that. So let's talk a little bit about the site selection process. And maybe can you help our listeners just understand just what is site selection and, and the related business incentives that might be involved in that? Sure. So site selection is basically helping a company to find the best place for them to grow or locate a new facility. Um, we basically help them try to consider and rank the most important factors for their growth. Logistics, workforce, water and power availability, tax environment, quality of life factors. Um, and again, this is that unique part of, of you know, what does a company need? Uh, and then we work cooperatively with local and state governments to and other partners like um, commercial brokers um, to find acreage, land, buildings that all meet the requirements that our client needs. So while we do this, we're also actually looking for incentives to offset their costs. So, um, you know, this this could be a multi-state site search. It could be some, you know, just same state, different sites within a state. It it could just be growing at their current location. But the fact is that every city, county, and state, they all have different legislation, different rules and regulations for the incentive programs that they do have. So this is constantly changing. So we try to maintain those relationships um, nationwide as we're working through um, projects with our clients. It's, it is a little bit like archaeology because we're, we're taking it layer by layer, right? And then we're taking that dirt and we're running it through the, this, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And I yes. bet that it's, it's an ever-changing landscape too with regard to those state and local incentives, right? I mean, they're probably maybe shifting the type of businesses they're going after. Is that is that a fair statement? Geographically, the type of businesses and all? Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. It is shifting, but maybe not in the way that, you th that most people think. Um, instead of, say, going after a specific targeted industry, we're, we're, now that does still happen, but it is kind of shifting to, is it a sustainable business? And what, what are they doing um, environmentally? Um, so away from plastics, going to bioplastics, right? Also looking at the, like an energy industry, um, you know, is it like battery or EV related? That's really hot right now. Um, going away from coal and shifting over to gas and solar um, or natural gas and solar. And, you know, also looking at economy of the future. So um, how, how does that, how does an industry impact the future of a community or a state. So less, I guess, for the targeted industries, less focused on, okay, this is advanced manufacturing and that is our target, or this is biotechnology and that is our target for our area. 
I think it's expanding a little bit to have a, a broader definition that's probably a healthier way to pursue business. So I remember when we were talking um, a while back, you were mentioning also the aspect of the, the size of prospect, if I guess I'll use that term, uh, what municipalities are looking for. So, you know, certainly I think you, you, you started what you just mentioned there by mm -hmm. a, being a viable business, sustainable business. But is there a size that is ideal or at least maybe a, uh, where you start from? Sure. Well, I mean, I'm going to take a step back and just talk about how, you know, what what are we looking for? What triggers these things? So if I hear that a company is adding jobs, making a capital investment or adding square footage, then I automatically want to ask more questions. The answer is yes. So how many full-time employees do you have? How many new employees are you going to add over the next three to five year time frame? Um, are you buying any equipment? buying, building, or leasing a new structure, because those are all of the things that trigger incentives. So incentives are tax abatements, tax increment financing, um, refundable and non-refundable tax credits for job creation and investment. Um, and again, every city, county, and state have different like tools in their toolbox, so to speak, but it will always be around investment and job creation. So for me, well, actually, um, actually, it's more like um, every, again, every, since every city and state does it differently, the, the minimums are also different. So in the Midwest and the Southeast, you're looking at 15 new jobs, one, five, 15 new jobs over five year time period. Um, those should be high wage. If you're going small, they should be focused high wage jobs um, for that area. But, you know, we're also seeing minimums of 50, like 5-0. So, and there is no max. Of course, the bigger the project, the better, you know, the more you can leverage. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, I'll give you an example here in the Midwest. If I hear... Here in Indiana, if someone is adding 25 new jobs and it's in a, it's uh, in a targeted, I say industry or area and it's high wage, you know, you're probably looking at $250,000 of incentives. You know, if you're a small startup company and you say 25 new jobs over five years, you can take that $250,000, which is typically going to be in a refundable tax credit. And if you don't have a tax liability, it just comes back to you every year from the Department of Revenue in Indiana. I mean, and there are many, many other states that have these, you know, job creation tax credits or rebates that you can just, you know, plow that back into your company. You can reinvest it into your company every year. So, you're paying in your taxes every year, but you're getting a portion of those back. Who doesn't want to do that? I mean, exactly. Yeah. So Jenny, as you were describing that, I remember one of the examples you shared with me, some of the stories, one of the stories you shared with me was um, of a client, or what became a client was somebody that had tried to 
do some things on their own after they had talked to you and then realized that maybe they had painted themselves into a corner, but maybe not so. Can you mind sharing that story that you shared with me? Sure. So it was actually, I mean, what happens in the industry often is clients will go from a high tax environment and they'll seek out lower tax environments. So if you think West Coast, we had a company come from California. They went to this, they went to the government and requested incentives and didn't get improved. So, I mean, it is an application process, but it's more about what is, you know, it's about pitching them like you would pitch an investor, right? You're, you're going to give them the information that they need in order to appropriately evaluate and look at a return on the, their investment in you. And so, yeah, this company, they went, they got denied. And I, and I got introduced through a friend who said, these guys are my friends. And I told them that this would work. So I said, just tell me what you said. What did, how did you say this? How did you pitch the state? And they said, well, we just said, we liked it here. We're going to come. And I said, how about jobs? And they said, well, we didn't really, we said like 10 jobs. And it was just at every point, you know, they just said the wrong or not even the wrong thing. It was just not the right information. And so they had also pitched to the wrong person. So if you're pitching to a person who's not a decision maker, who can't help you, and you're giving them inaccurate information, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. So within 24 hours, we told the story, right? Number of jobs over five years is what was necessary. We had a competitive offer with a different state that was never brought up, that they had already negotiated. And beyond that, um, they matched it. So it was a million dollars. So out-of-state offer was a million dollars. 24 hours after we were able to help tell the right story to the right people, they had a million dollars. So it's, it's not necessarily about the negotiation of more better, more and better. It's more like tell the right story to the right people so that you can get, you know, the best commitment from a city or a state. I hope that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. And I love that story because, again, it, it shows the value of, well, certainly, I, I got to believe people can do this themselves. But if we're really going to maximize the opportunity and not just for for dollar, but also make sure there's a right fit, I think listening to, obviously, your experience and knowledge of doing this for so long, you know how to, to me, that illustrates, you know, the story to pitch. You've got to tailor that to the area and then obviously the, the right audience. Um, I thought that was a, a, great, uh, a great story that you shared with us and it really resonated with me. Um, so listen, as we close out here, do you have any thoughts on these programs or where you think they might be evolving to? Well, um, the, you know, overall, I think that there are certain states that have had these really great big mega projects. Um, and those are great. And they also attract, you know, 
the, su the supplier industry for those big mega projects. That's great. Um, I'm seeing fewer numbers of projects overall, like fewer and, and not as many smaller projects. So it seems like the startup community and accelerators are doing really well right now and, and they are being supported. And it seems like the mega huge projects obviously are doing really well. Um, there's like a lag in the middle. Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that the projects aren't out there. I just aren't, I'm not seeing as many of them in that mid range. So I'm going to do my best though. I'm reaching out to a bunch of like middle market companies because I just think they get busy doing what they're doing and they don't think about yeah. this, right? They're busy. Yeah. They're, we've got their, you know, they're out doing stuff and they're just not thinking about in, in, in how ways to save costs in this, in this industry, many people don't like, they think, Oh, I'm never going to qualify for that. They'll see it in the newspaper and they'll say, Hmm, that looks really interesting. I wonder how I could get that. How can I get that, um, prop, you know, money to support my business? Well, you can, um, it's out there. You just, you know, either reach out directly to a local or state government and, and ask for them to help you, which is an option, not maybe your best option if you've never been through that process before. Right. But, um, yeah, it's worth it. It's well worth it. At least having the conversation, we, I can spend 15 to 30 minutes with a client and tell them, yep, that's going to work or nope, that's probably not going to work. It's, it's, and it's interesting, I think too, um, in in reading some of your literature, that it's not just about the site incentives, but this has linkages to other parts of maybe the federal tax code, right? And it might interplay with those as well, correct? Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, I, or fortunately for me, actually, federal is, is its own animal. I mean, that is, it's huge. Now, there's a ton of money available for energy and some other sectors. Um, I really focus in on the, like the, I don't want to call it low hanging fruit, but the, the sectors that the local and the state programs are much more easily used, negotiated. The, re, the return on investment is sooner with, I almost feel like those federal programs are for much, much larger companies that can wait a long time to use the money. Um, so I have partners that do some federal work for sure, but me, me personally, I haven't really educated myself in that. Maybe I'm tainting the question by some of our capstan experience, thinking like uh, you mentioned part of the process might be the inclusion of some real estate. So uh, thinking about some of the energy incentives and things like that that might be pulled in. But I could see how there might be some linkages there. Well, Janet, you spent a, a, a great amount of time here giving us just a sliver of, of what you do and, and, and your experiences. And I just want to thank you again for your time. Um, this has been a great conversation, and we're really excited to share this with our Capstan audience. And for our listeners, by the way, if you have interest in contacting Jenny directly, Please see our show notes. We'll have all of her contact information in there and maybe some of her literature. 
uh, for you to be able to take a look at because uh, Jenny's been doing this a long time. And uh, again, as sure some of her stories has some great experience. So thank you once again, everyone, for your time. We know you have many things looking to have a piece of your day. And we're really thrilled to have you part of this inaugural edition of Capstan's Beyond the Spreadsheet podcast. Please stay tuned for exciting interviews, topics to come. And until then, stay curious and have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Beyond the Spreadsheet, a special series from Capstan Live. We hope you enjoyed this window into the world of today's guest. For more actionable takeaways and motivational moments, follow us on your favorite podcast provider or visit capstantax.com slash podcasts.